Hello everybody, this is Hawk Jefferson and you are listening to another episode of Hawk Talk, the show where I sit in the studio and talk to myself and hope that some of you out there are interested in listening to it. Uh, I just got back from Chicago on Monday morning, uh, this is the first day though that I have my voice back and strong enough to record to the level that you're used to, otherwise it would sound like I had smoked several packs of cigarettes in the studio before getting to it, so I had to wait a few days, but I am here. Um, I figured this doesn't really fit in anywhere else. Most other things that I could do with this, I would need to work out the logistics of, which would be an absolute nightmare. It would also probably require making Tuffles and or Jack watch four, six shows, something like that. So I'm just going to talk to myself here. And like I said, hope that some of you out there are listening. As I said, I am back from Chicago. I went out last weekend for the Second City Summit as well as AEW All Out. And man, what a what a goddamn time, guys. Uh, I just want to first off start by shouting out the guys at Freelance, Freelance Underground, uh, Black Label Pro, and of course GCW for the incredible weekend of events. Uh, they did five shows between the three companies, including uh, Three Cup Stuff, the sequel to Two Cup Stuff, which was probably the show of the weekend in 2009 for All Out Weekend, or 2019 for All Out Weekend. And Three Cups was an excellent show as well. I'm actually going to probably go through and talk about my favorite matches from each of these shows and kind of give out a list of MVPs towards the end of the show here. But no, I did just want to start off by saying thank you so much to everybody at all three of those promotions for just an absolutely spectacular weekend. And thank you so much to some of the other people that I just hung out with. Uh, Sean, who some of you guys may know from Pro Wrestling Shuffle. He and I finally got together and did all of the shows this weekend together, as well as our our other good friend, who we haven't gotten on a recording yet, but I swear to God we will one day, because the man has fantastic opinions and an excellent voice to match. So, the shout out to Sean and Kyle for the really phenomenal weekend, as well as Lauren over at the Daily, or at Your Dose of Deathmatch podcast. Uh, really fucking awesome guy, really awesome show, and had a great time hanging out with that guy this weekend as well, as well as seeing just some of the some of my really awesome Twitter followers, people I've encountered at other shows in the past, uh, people I've just had general interactions with over the years. I was really glad to uh, to finally. I was really happy to finally get together with a lot of you guys and uh, put faces to names and you know finally say hi for real because it's been a year and a half that we've been socially distanced. We've been online only, and it was just it was rad to finally finally get to see some of your smiling faces out there for this weekend of just absolutely spectacular wrestling um other things to note brian alvarez is a goddamn liar uh there are there were plenty of other food options uh, open nearby he didn't have to sit on that curb and eat dominoes he chose to do that brian we know you're into that shit just just admit it dude i've eaten domino's pizza by myself alone too it's okay i've never done it on a curb but uh i had the dignity at least to go to the subway that was literally two doors down and it completely fucking housed an obnoxiously large amount of food in between the freelance show and Three Cups Stuffed on Friday night. So calling, I'm calling it right here. Brian Alvarez could have gone to Subway. He could have gone to IHOP. He chose Domino's and then tried to make you all feel bad for him. I'm on to you. So let's go ahead and let's, let's talk about some of the shows from this weekend. I am actually terribly unprepared right now. And I am having to pull up the results from this weekend because I honestly, I saw so much wrestling that I, 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 there's literally 
matches that I thought were fucking awesome as I was watching them, and I have since forgotten that they happened. Um, so let's just go ahead and uh, take a look at Freelance Underground. Well, Freelance, Freelance Underground's No Place Like Home. Um, like really, I mean, this was a great show to start off the weekend. Um, not really anything too spectacular. Uh, this was actually my first experience with Freelance. They had some really cool shit on it, though. Uh, Cole Radrick and Jordan Oliver, really great match. Um, Bang Brothers and Chris Castro uh, versus Gonzalez, Starks, and Mathers, also a really good match. I always fucking love seeing Shane Mercer live, so getting to see him and Craig Mitchell just really fucking tear it up. That was just a, a really fun time. And the main event where... So Kylie Ray was supposed to team with Nick Gage for MD Kylie, And... Uh, Kylie was unable to make the Friday night show. She did make it on Saturday, though. And so we ended up getting uh, MDK Housen, which I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I love big gimmicks like Dan Housen. I think that there's a place in wrestling for all sorts of variety of gimmick types. You can have more realistic stuff. You can have more comedic stuff. You can have more just completely fucking over-the-top and ridiculously cartoonish stuff. And uh, for that reason, I, I really enjoyed getting to see Danhausen this weekend. And uh, for all the shit that a lot of people give Frank the Clown, I think that the guy does his job effectively, as we saw on two different shows this weekend, both uh, No Place Like Home and Art of War Games. Uh, both of those both of those shows had quality performances from Frank. But I honestly think my match of the night from this show was Trevor Outlaw versus Effie. So I've I had a passing knowledge of Outlaw. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to be an encyclopedia that knew absolutely everything about this guy's career. I follow I follow him on Twitter. Uh I'd seen a few of his matches. But between between this and uh oh my goodness, uh ground control to filthy Tom on Saturday afternoon, uh the guy really uh made made a fan out of me. Uh definitely definitely big on that guy. So Trevor Outlaw versus Effie which was about a 13 minute uh 13 minute match really good like this was uh this was good for both guys actually I'm going to like I'm going to talk about Effie more throughout the literally every other show except for all out and uh I just I I think that this was uh this was a good showcase for both guys so if you do have the opportunity to watch any of the shows that I'm talking about here or all of them and you're just looking for for the quick one definitely I would say Outlaw and Effie was my favorite from that show and then we got to go excuse me a little bit later i'm stuffed with subway i am very intoxicated by this point in the evening and we were ready for three cups stuffed which as a sequel to a show as good as two cups stuffed was i feel like they they very very much delivered on this one um six-way scramble match uh with oliver starks mathers jackson wayne and starboy really fucking awesome match um Jake something and Effie, really, really good match. The main event, well, not the main event, sorry, the eight-man tag team to close out the show. Uh, not to close out the show. Wow, I just did that twice, guys. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm still mentally back from this trip. Um, the eight-man tag team match towards the end of the show with uh, Nick Gage, uh, Warner Gray and Justice against Powers of Pain and Warhausen. It was fun for what it was. It was an angle, you know. Uh, this is the kind of stuff... That happens in Black Label. You get these really awesome random uh, bookings like the Powers of Pain, which I was 100% here for. But like I said, this was I mean, it was really 
it was it was really fun for what it was. It just it it served more to feed the War Games match the next night. Um, G Raver and Jimmy Lloyd, fucking phenomenal match. Um, not as crazy as I thought it was going to be, and that's not necessarily a knock against these guys. Like like I feel like Raver and Lloyd always have really intense matches together. And this one brought a sort of intensity in a different way. It wasn't necessarily a, a physical intensity. There was a good amount of psychology at play, which I always love when you get a a, a, a deathmatch that has great psychology. And I feel like G-Raver is one of the premier guys for doing that right now. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, I, I'm, I'm torn for the best match on this one, guys, because Tom Lawler and Alex Shelley was really good. But the fucking Super Lucha 4-Way, Erez and Gringo Loco versus uh, Dragon Bane, uh, Canis Lupus, uh, Juventud, Kamikaze, ASF, and Laredo Kid. Just like, fucking insane, insane match. Uh, unfortunately, Juventud got injured in this one. Um, I haven't seen the exact specifics on it, but uh, we saw it when it happened, and it did not look pleasant. Uh, it looked like he hurt his ankle pretty bad on the landing on a moonsault to the outside. So if Hoovy needs to recover, needs a while to recover, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Because uh, I'm, I'm honestly really loving this, this uh, late career renaissance for, for the juice. And so I'll say probably the Lucha tag match would be the one that really blew me away from this match. And uh, if you pay really close attention, you can see the point in the show during that match where the edibles hit me. And uh, it made it that much better. So keep an eye out for that. And I will just note that that is a perfectly legal thing for me to have been doing during that show. I don't want any, don't want any problems with the law coming from my uh, transparency with my audience. Uh, so that was the end of night one. Absolutely crazy night. Late night. We were all jazzed up, though. Um, great shows all around. And then the next morning or next afternoon, we had uh, Black Label Pro's Ground Control to Filthy Tom, which was... A really fun afternoon show. Um, definitely got got the energy levels up for the rest of the day, which, I mean, if anyone else that was there was like me, it was a long night and an early morning for you. And so uh, this was this was the perfect pace that we needed for, for the afternoon. Uh, really rad four-way match on this one with Drago, Nick Wayne, Starboy, and Oliver. Um, Big Beef and Anthony Green had a fun match. Uh, Kylie Ray and Killer Kelly had a fucking awesome match. Uh, the four Danhausens, of course, being, uh, uh, Cabana Man Danhausen, Devin Monroehausen, Megabyte Ronnie Hausen, and Puffhausen, uh, versus Dan the Dad, Effie, Warhorse, and Danhausen. Uh, that one was really fun. Um, I, I always, enjoy, like I said, I always enjoy the big, the big gimmicky guys. Uh, big fan of Danhausen, big fan of Warhorse. Uh, Dan the Dad, always a fun guy to watch and uh i just i i'll fully admit guys i love effie uh and i don't i don't even know if that's uh i don't know what to what degree that love is but i i i love effie god damn it uh tom lawler and daniel garcia had a fucking awesome match too um and well you know once again we had a really awesome segment with trevor outlaw where he complained about not getting booked and got beat the fuck up instead rad shit i honestly like i feel like i'm just gonna list every match from this show because everything was good on this show um probably my favorite favorite thing on the show i'm gonna have to say was uh moriarty and laredo kid just really really great action really really fast-paced stuff really good stuff um billy starks also had a really good match to open it up with jody threat 
Um, but Bill, I mean, Billy had good matches all over this weekend, so that's not at all a surprise. So we go on to GCW's The Art of War Games that was that evening, and I, I'm going to be honest, guys, I've been, to a, I've been to a good amount of shows. I've been to a good variety of shows over the years, and there was just something just extra special about the crowd in that building uh, on Saturday night. Just insane, insane energy. Everybody was, everybody was there for what was happening, which I know that uh, that sounds very cliched to say, but I mean, from top to bottom, I mean, we, we had Starks and Kai, which uh, Janai Kai had one of the, had the breakout performance from the weekend, I would say. Um, Deppin and Catch was a really fun match. The two ring ladder scramble fuck fest was absolutely fucking insane. Um, you know, uh, I was very happy to see uh, all these guys put on such fucking phenomenal performances. Uh, extra shouts though to Ninja Mac for creating some of the most memorable spots of the weekend, as well as uh, yeeting a milk crate right into my fucking shin during during the match. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying it happened. Okay. Um, of course, War Games was just absolutely fucking insane. Um, just. If I if I were to try to provide provide like breakdowns of that match, I would definitely be here a lot longer than I intend to be. Um, I will just say, literally all twelve in, of twelve guys in this match were fucking stellar, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, we were actually at because we were front row for everything this weekend, except for all out, and we were at the far end of the second ring. So the ring furthest from the from the entrance ramp, well the entrance way, and so we were we we got to be right there for uh, Koger and uh, Cologne going through the fucking glass and door and all that fun stuff there. Um, we were ba we were in the danger zone essentially because uh, we were on the glass side, which is exactly what we paid for. So I'm glad we ended up there. Thanks to uh, thanks to the folks at GCW for putting us in that spot because that was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, like I said, I I cannot say enough positive things about this match. Um, honestly, Tuffles and I are getting together this weekend for um, a recording. We're not doing a main event matinee this week. It's actually going to be a extra very special thing that I've wanted to do with Tuffles for a long time. And we're finally going to do it. And that is, we're reviewing Wrestling Society X. Um, Tuffles has very little experience with watching wrestling shows, as we've mentioned several times on the show. And so I'm going to make him watch Wrestling Society X. And I have a feeling at some point we're just going to end up talking about this last weekend because I, I, obviously I need to get it out so bad that I'm doing a podcast by myself about it. And, uh, but no, this match was just, the War Games is absolutely fucking stellar. Um, incredible, consider myself incredibly lucky to have been able to be there, uh, for that match because I, there's very little that can compare at least in my experience as a wrestling fan, to like the last 45 minutes of this show. Um, this is the last 45 minutes. We had war games. Uh, we had Matt Cardona, uh, Cardona defending against Frank the Clown in an open challenge, which was that kind of uh, absolutely spectacular simmering heat where you could tell everybody there just fucking hates what's happening, but they're waiting for like the next big surprise, which I don't, I don't think is a bad thing. At all, because uh, that anticipation led to, honestly, like, I'm just, I'll, I'll say it, it's probably the best feeling I have ever had at a wrestling show came from this. Because during intermission, 
there were whispers um, in the parking lot of possibly Moxley answering the open challenge. And so my buddies and I started talking about it. And we considered that, uh, you know, the former Zack Ryder had used, had used Moxley's mannerisms in the past to get the drop on Gage. And he had done so, of course, disguising himself as one of G-Raver's uh, druids. And so we, we were anticipating something more, um, which, as I said, not a bad thing at all. Um, because, like, I got, I got a feeling, guys, that can only be described as that same kind of, like, nervous, excited anxiety that you get before you hop on a roller coaster. And it was just, I, I don't even know if I can put into words the absolutely just stellar feeling that, that I got from, from that moment where Mox, uh, attacked and won the title, just like, Absolutely fucking awesome stuff. Really, really, really good. Um, GCW has been killing it with this long-term world title angle. Um, just absolutely great stuff. If you like long-term storytelling and you like a little bit more complexity to your booking, um, I don't, I don't understand how you could not get on board with what GCW is doing right now because they are absolutely killing it. I honestly think that after this and then, I mean, they weren't even done for the weekend. Like. Obviously, I'm just going to recommend the whole show, Art of War Games. Just go watch the whole thing. But uh, they weren't even done for the weekend. Like I said, we had Effie's Big Gay Brunch left. And that was the, that was the show that I almost missed um, because I overslept. Because uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There was a lot of fucking wrestling that I was going to this weekend. Like, holy shit. Did you see all that wrestling? Do you hear all this wrestling I'm talking about? I can't even, like I said, I can't even fucking remember everything that happened. Um, Big Gay Brunch was a fun show. Uh, Edith Surreal and Veda Scott opening was fucking awesome. Um, the six-way scramble match, really fucking fun. Uh, the tag team title match with Second Gear Crew and Billy versus Billy Dixon and MV Young, that was fucking rad. Um, Jake Atlas and Effie killed it to end the show. I think probably my favorite thing on the show, though, was Dark Sheik and Alley Catch, like... They had a really, really fucking fun match, and it went a lot of different directions. Uh, the tag team title match was funny for reasons it shouldn't have been, and uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that. If you've seen the show, then you know kind of what happened, or maybe you've just been on Twitter and you know what happened. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a great time. Like I said, probably best match on the show: Dark Sheik and Alley Catch. Just all around, just a really fucking fun show. It definitely. Woke us up and got us going in a very, very, on a very, very hot morning in Hoffman Estates. And I just, like I said, I, I, I had a great time at that show for non-wrestling reasons. It was just a, uh, it was just a personally very fulfilling, uh, fulfilling event to be at. Um, yeah, a lot of, I mean, a lot of just very, very positive things on that show. And, you know, in the, in just the general vibe of the audience of the show and that sort of thing. So... No, I just, I, 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 I love Effie. Like I said, I really fucking love that he's getting an opportunity to do these big gay brunches, um, and to give people, you know, opportunities they might not have gotten otherwise. It's really fucking awesome. So let's just go ahead and just tell Effie to go ahead and keep doing what he's doing because we love you for that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give out MVPs and stuff right now. Um, just because I, I want to separate out the Second City Summit stuff. Uh, from All Out, just because it two completely fucking different things. So I've got 
I've got five MVPs. Because there were five people that had really, 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 really great performances this weekend. And I don't think it's fair to just give it to one person when I went to five shows, right? Right? Alright. So, starting off, number one, Effie. Of fucking course it's Effie. I fucking love Effie. I've said that, what, four times on this show now? I'm gonna say it more, I'm sure. The dude had five different matches on five different shows. When I say five different matches, I don't mean it in the most obvious fucking way to where he had five different matches. I mean, he had five completely different fucking styles of matches. How did this man go out there and have the fucking hard-hitting action that he had with fucking Jake something? Have the really fucking fun, like, almost television match that he had with Trevor Outlaw. Then he turns around the next day and he has a fucking War Games match after doing an eight-man tag that was a complete comedy spot. And then... And then the man shows up the next day and works a fucking early 2000s indie-style match against Jake Atlas. How the fuck? Mans was back streaming on Monday morning, or Monday night. Like, Evie, take a break. We get it. You love us. We love you. Take a break, dude. You're fucking killing it, but you're also, I'm also worried about you killing yourself. You're doing fucking awesome. Keep it up. You're rad. Uh, number two, Billy Starks. Uh, I'd seen some of her before this weekend, of course, but um, holy shit. Seeing her in person, a whole different animal. She had a bunch of really spectacular matches this weekend. Like I said, in particular, I really, really enjoyed her match from Art of War Games uh, with Janai Kai, which actually brings me to my fifth one. That's right, I'm going to my fifth one because it's a relevant segue. Janai Kai, she was fucking rad. Breakout performance. Had two matches this weekend, and everybody was talking about her. Make sure you look for her matches on... Uh, Ground Control to Filthy Tom and Art of War Games. Both of them were fucking awesome. If you're looking for a new, hard-hitting women's wrestler to pay attention to, she is it. Alright, guys? She is fucking it. So now we're going to go back to, boom, 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 number three. Yes, number three. And I'm going to go ahead and just give that one to Trevor, uh, to Danhausen. Danhausen gets my number three. Like I said, I fucking love Danhausen. He was entertaining every time I saw him this weekend. Um, I have one of his teeth. Not one of his personal teeth, one of the ones from his collection. Um, now in my wrestling memorabilia collection, some of you might know, I like to add weird and wacky shit to my collection. So coming back from Chicago, I got a Danhausen tooth, and I got a wrapper for a CM Punk ice cream bar. So I think I fulfilled my quota for uh, oddball, uh, oddball wrestling memorabilia there. And then I almost spoiled it uh, for number four, so it's Trevor Outlaw. Like I said, I hadn't seen a whole lot of him. I was vaguely familiar. I had a passing awareness of him, but I hadn't really seen a whole lot of his work. He was fucking rad this weekend. Um, really great performances on both shows that we saw, that we saw him on. Um, yeah, I cannot cannot say cannot possibly say enough positive things about that guy. And so that's my it's my five MVPs from the weekend. I'm not even going to try to give it to a best match or anything like that. There was just way too many good things. Um, just check out the stuff that I recommended, uh, my best matches, my kind of list of matches that I really enjoyed over the weekend. I'm actually going to go back and hopefully rewatch a lot of this stuff and see if I can't pick up on some things that I missed, maybe uh, gain a new appreciation for some of the things that I saw. But no, like I said, overall, just really, really fucking phenomenal stuff from from the indie companies over the weekend. And I honestly think after having you know as many folks as they had in that building for every show over the weekend but in particular art of war games and for uh pulling off something like like this angle that they've done with the world title with moxley showing up and winning the belt um i honestly i think it's impossible to argue against gcw being the number three company in the in the country right now 
Um, I know a lot of people are going to be annoyed by that, probably. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that would try to make the argument for Impact and or ROH being the third promotion, which I don't know what the fuck you're on if you think ROH is the number three promotion in 2021. Um, they're definitely not. Um, Impact, I'm sorry, definitely not. Um, and I'll, I, I'll, I'll say this, up until a few weeks ago, I would say that the Kenny Omega belt collector story was, you know, probably one of the hottest things in wrestling, and Impact still couldn't draw with Kenny fucking Omega showing up on their show. Like, if you can't get a, if you can't get AEW fans to tune in to see Kenny Omega, then what the fuck are you even doing? So no, I'm. I think by all metrics, uh, social media stuff, uh, online buys, just like general attendance, that sort of thing. I just, I think it's impossible to argue against. GCWB number three, and that's not just because of my well-known personal bias uh, in favor of the company. I genuinely believe that, and so I, I'm I'm excited to see how they continue to grow over the next couple of years. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I'm already making plans for Dallas because I'm assuming that's gonna be a big, big weekend, and I'm uh, I'm already ready for another one. But we'll go ahead, and I'll just I'll go through all out super quick here. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I need to waste a lot of words on this show because I'm sure everybody that's listening to me talk about this show has a lot of opinions about it, has already heard a lot of opinions on it, has already read a lot of opinions on it. And so I'm not going to waste your time going through this show match by match, uh, saying how great it was. I mean, obviously it was fucking fantastic. It was like very rarely when people say that a pay-per-view ranks highly on the all-time list do I agree with that but I would definitely agree with it here uh so many fucking spectacular moments um Miro and Eddie Kingston fantastic opener um Mox and Kojima had a fun match but it was definitely way overshadowed by motherfucking Minoru Suzuki showing up uh that was just a fucking awesome moment uh Baker and Statlander had a really fun match uh I think that one was probably that one along with you know, obviously, a couple of matches later down the card um, were like they feel like that had a really obvious conclusion, but it was still a still a good ride to get there. The Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks was actually my first non War Games steel cage match that I had ever seen, and I have to fucking say that it was the best point that I could start with. Um, I don't often say this phrase, but I think I'm gonna have to agree with Dave Meltzer. That's probably one of the top three steel cage matches of all time. Um, the guys brought great intensity to it. These teams always fucking deliver together. Um, two years ago in the same building, I got to see these same two teams have a tag team ladder match that was absolutely incredible and ranks very highly on that all-time list as well. So I definitely think that was that was match of the night. Um, I wasn't planning on giving away awards for this one, but there we go. Match of the night was the cage match. Um, the Casino Battle Royal was fun for what it was. Um, I definitely think that the majority of the match, a lot of people were just waiting for Ruby to debut at the end, um, which not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, she got an excellent reception. She looked really good in the match. I'm excited to see her wrestle Baker. Um, I think those two will have some really, really good shit that they put out. Uh, Jericho and MJF, honestly, guys, probably the match that I was most checked out for during this show because I don't really fucking care about either one of these guys. And I know that that's a controversial opinion, but, like, MJF's gimmick is Twitter troll. Like, I'm I'm not here for it. Like, it's honestly very, very boring. And Chris Jericho 
has gone from one of my all-time favorites to a guy that I just legitimately don't want to see on my television anymore. If he were to maybe go away for a little while and then come back and do something, I might be more interested in it. But as it stands right now, I I don't care about Jericho. I don't care about MJF. So I did not care about this match. And that brings us to the match that I probably cared the most about during this show, uh, CM Punk versus Darby Allin. Uh, I have said many, 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 many times over the years that I am a huge CM Punk fan. Um, I honestly would say he's in my top five of all time. And so to get to see, you know, literally the only person in my top five who's capable of having a wrestling match due to health and or uh, whether or not they're deceased, uh, getting to see him make that in-ring return after so long was absolutely awesome. Um the it's clobbering time that the that the audience let out actually shook the arena it felt like um along with several different cm punk chants uh just an absolutely incredible moment to be a part of the match it was what it was um i'm not a huge darby allen fan if you're if you were sitting in sections 115 through 119 you may have heard me yell that Darby was a sex pest a couple of times during the show. You also may have heard me yell that uh, they should bring back Corncob TV because they absolutely should because Coffin Flop is a fantastic show. Um, but no, this was what it was. It was a you know it was a showcase for Punk to show that he still had it. Um, Darby got the shine that he needed against you know a top tier performer. I wouldn't necessarily have gone with Darby as the first opponent for Punk, but I also understand the reason for doing that. Um, yeah, overall, middle-of-the-road match, but definitely put on a much, much higher level based on the uh, crowd reaction to it. Um, then we got QT Marshall doing the job to Tall Paul. I had a great time during this match, and you know why? Because we chanted for Tall Paul. Um, this is my new idea that I'm pitching, guys. Um, I know Tall Paul is already out there in the stratosphere, but I want to go ahead and add on to it. I think they should hire the former Braun Strowman and label him Tall Paul 2. And they should also put referee Paul Turner into this stable. And they would be two and a half Pauls or Paul Patrol. Either way. Either way works. And uh, that's my idea for for Tall Paul. And that's really all I have to say about this match. It was a good cool down. It was, it was, it was, it was nice to be able to go get a Diet Coke before the end of the show. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. It was a good match. I mean, I don't really think either one of these guys is capable of having too terrible of a match, especially under these circumstances. I will say it wasn't my favorite match on the show. It probably wasn't even my second or third favorite match on the show, but it it did what it needed to. Obviously, Christian was kind of a placeholder decision uh, to make up for the lack of Adam Page. And you could get a lot worse of a replacement than Christian. So these guys had, I mean, they had a pretty good match, but it was really all about what happened at the end. Um... Of course, with Adam Cole debuting, and once again, they, we shook that goddamn arena, uh, yelling for Adam Cole, baby, and we did it again for uh, Brian Danielson. What a fucking phenomenal, like, three minutes. Like, holy shit. Um, once again, I know a lot of people expected this. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I definitely expected that they would just do the two-for-one shot, and I'm really glad that they did, like... I don't see the I don't see the point in dragging it out when everybody knows it's gonna happen. Um, nor did I see the point in 
trying to do anything other than what they did. Um, I think by putting the, both of these guys in that high-profile main event main event debut spot, um, you really add a lot more significance to it. Uh, not to mention, like, you create a lot of interesting stories coming out of the way that they did this. And so I would honestly say probably, like, between the Punk match, between Adam Cole, between Brian Danielson, and between Moxley on Saturday, like, absolutely fucking spoiled for fantastic crowds this weekend. I was really actually happy to hear the crowd at All Out get a a big GCW chant going. I know there was a lot of people in the in the arena that were excited about that. And overall, just like, really, just a really fantastic experience. Um, if you haven't watched All Out, why the fuck are you listening to me talk about it, first of all? And second of all, just go, go watch it. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll like it. Um, I talked about it on the last time I did a Hawk Talk. Um, tribalism in wrestling is stupid. And if you're not going to watch a show that's as good as the one that AEW delivered on Sunday, and then followed up on pretty fucking well last night um then then are you actually a wrestling fan and i'm not trying to say that like in a condescending way i'm just if you're going to ignore good wrestling just because of where it came from then maybe you're not actually that big into wrestling just just saying but uh i i don't think i have a whole lot else to say guys um so i'm gonna leave you with this of course look forward to a very special episode of whatever the hell we decide to call it coming up here soon where I talk to Tuffles about uh, Wrestling Society X. I'm very excited to do that, um, despite my complete freeze there on the name of the show. Um, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so, at Hawk Jefferson. If you want regular updates on the stuff that's happening on this podcast feed, you can follow at Twisting Plancha. And I still, I, I honestly haven't figured out a sign-off, guys. So I think maybe just for this one, maybe going forward, I'm going to steal one from a uh, a former Ohio icon turned Chicago mainstay uh, and somebody who was as big in the 90s as pro wrestling, and that is Mr. Jerry Springer. I'm going to amend his catchphrase a little bit. So until the next time we're in the nest, be kind to yourself and each other. <laughs>